Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 11, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, there's a lot on the docket today. A lot of markets did different stuff. So we're going to go through all of them as we normally do. But again, we're seeing some different things go on. We're seeing different markets on different time frames doing different things a la divergences. So it's interesting and we're going to pick it apart. We'll look under the hood and we'll take a look at some things that other people don't. For now, let's focus on the S&P 500. We'll do it with the SPY. We've got the daily chart up on the board. What's jumping off the page? Well, here's the first thing that's jumping off the page. It's really twofold. It's thing one, but A and B. So thing one is they're comfortably below the 20 period moving average. It was a gap down below. And by the way, what's that 413.50 line doing on the screen? We'll get to that later on when we go to inside the numbers. Back to thing number B. So thing B was yesterday's reversal candle. We had a gap down. Generally speaking, that's good for some follow through, but we really didn't get the type of follow-through that's designed to scare the bejesus out of people. What we got today instead was a visit from the buy the dip crowd, the morning lows hold, and they don't finish in such terrible shape by the end of the day. Now, what does all that mean? Well, there's a number of different ways to look at the same situation. That's what makes a market, by the way. Two people, 10 people, 100 people look at the same information, the same chart, the same price action, and they come up with different conclusions. It happens every single day, all day. So from my perspective, I take a look at the daily chart and I say, hey, now they're comfortably below by a gap down the 20 period moving average or home base. Now they've been back and forth through home base over the last several days, two or three times. So it diminishes the importance of home base. But here's the thing, they were riding it. Now they're below it. So under normal garden variety conditions, a rally back to at least run a test of home base for 1650. And by the way, write that number down because it's going to come up again later for 1650. Also, there's a gap left open from yesterday's close right above the 20 period moving average. So it's not out of the ordinary and certainly not out of the realm of possibility for them to run up get back to and even fill the gap, get back to the 20 period moving average and fill the gap. Now what they do at the gap is a whole different ball game. We'll call the gap right around 418. If they start pushing up above 418, closing hourly and then daily above 418, then we know something going on such as they're gonna A, either run a test of the breakdown candle high or there's nothing wrong with the market, the band plays on, and the melt-up operation continues. So if I were you, I would also write down on the same sticky note, 418. Has the trend changed on the daily chart? Not really. Price got below the 20 period moving average one day. That doesn't make a trend. That doesn't constitute a trend change. Get below the 50 period moving average and we'll talk change. Still nowhere near the 50-week moving average. So in terms of the weekly chart, there's nothing wrong. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. Well, if the trend is up or hasn't changed on the daily chart, and it's obviously still up on the weekly chart, 
then what are we supposed to look at from there? Well, we look at shorter time frames. Why is that? Because things first develop from a short-term perspective. They morph onto longer-term charts. So you can even drill down to a one-minute, a five-minute, a 10-minute, a 15-minute chart, morphs onto an hourly chart, morphs onto a 120, a 240, the daily, the weekly, the monthly, and so on. It doesn't all happen at once. It happens one step at a time. 240 chart. So it's interesting. Now they're below the 50-period moving average for two candles in a row on the 240 chart. Remember what we said before. A trend doesn't change on the daily chart until you really get below the 50-period moving average. But all of a sudden, we see it beginning to turn as we get below the 50-period moving average on the 240 chart. It's a different time frame. It's a different look. Let's note this as well. Breakup candle low, 412.79. It's not the most important number on the board. We'll get to those later. But just from looking at this chart, what did they do? They spiked it. They rallied back to close inside the breakup candle low. That's the way I see the market. They went lower to run some tests at some other numbers that have importance for different reasons. We'll get to those later. 120-minute chart. Now, not only are they below by the gap down, the 20 and the 50, they were converging up here. Those are moving averages. But they gapped all the way below the 100-period moving average. So now they've given up three moving averages on the 120-minute chart. So you begin to see, when you look at different charts, you see different things, the picture changes. Trend changes from a short-term perspective first, and it morphs from there. We're working backwards, but you can see the point. That's why we're doing the exercise. Here's a little trade school 101. You're going to find this noted inside the numbers in a few minutes when we get over there. But here's back to the weekly chart. Last week, the low happens to be 411.67. Let me move it over so everybody can see what the low was. 411.67. That's a number of importance. They ran a test of last week's low. Now, in doing so, they ran a test of another number. What was that number? Well, back to the daily chart. We'll see that today's low happened to be 410.06. Now, why is 410 so important. Wouldn't 400 be more important? Was 410 really a line in the sand? Well, in a way, not to call it a line in the sand, but it really was as important as it became today. Let me go further and explain why. We have to look at different charts, different markets. They're not all going to tell you the same thing. When you look at another chart, all of a sudden, a little bit of a different picture opens up. So let me show you what I was looking at this morning. We talk a lot about the big fat round numbers. Big fat round numbers as it relates to the ES contract, which is the S&P E-mini futures contract. 4,100 was a big fat round number. 4,200 was a big fat round number. Well, because this is a futures contract, there's a disparity. There's a spread between what the futures are trading at and what the SPY is trading at. So while the SPY was trading at 410, what you'll see is the low of day today in the futures was 4103.75. So we're going to call that running a test of around the big fat round number, give or take, of 4100. Sometimes they come up short, sometimes they spike it through, sometimes they hit it on the nose, but within three or four points on either side is basically running a test 
of the big fat round number. So from where I sit, 410 is important because it's a big fat round number, but it's not the biggest fattest round number. 4100 is a fatter number. So as the futures are approaching 4100, it gives us more credence to the level or more credence to the idea that 410 and the SPY was the spot. That's where it came from. What do you mean that's where it came from? Well, you're gonna see where everything came from inside the numbers. First, we're gonna highlight a few things in the commentary. I'll scroll up and you can pause the video and read as much of the commentary as you want. I encourage you, I urge you to go back to the charts after you read the commentary and see what happened. Double check the work. We'll circle back to stocks on the move in a while. It's turnaround Tuesday, wake up red. It's either going to be a rescue operation or we've got a change in character going on. So they attempted the rescue operation. I wouldn't say it was a full on rescue operation, but they certainly were able to catch the market early in the morning so that we didn't have the full-on change in character debacle on our hands. Who's they? We'll call they the market participants. It's whoever you want them to be. We just work with the technicals and the numbers. The soap opera stuff, you can decide whatever it is. Let's move along and see what we have in the early thoughts because I think you're gonna find some things interesting early in the day, before the market even opened. Keep in mind, this is around zero dark 30. You can read the meat and potatoes for yourself. I'm gonna highlight a few things. We're talking about the what ifs first thing in the morning. We don't know exactly what's gonna happen. We have to get the lay of the land. This is the pre-game warmup. 416 is an important spot. Now, it's not exactly the same as the 20 period moving average from before. Remember, I asked you to write that down on a sticky. It was 416.50. Again, that's gonna come up later. Opening the day below is the first order of business for the bears. Opening above or getting above later would be an early win. That would be the repair operation. Down south, we've got a likely early target. And remember, this is before the market was already all the way down there or below. 413.50, give or take. So I've got my eye on 413.50 before the coffee even brewed. There are lower numbers we'll deal with after the open if needed, like the one down around 408. We didn't need that one, but we had another one and you'll see it show up later. I'll give you a hint, it was 410. Early in the morning, I'm just trying to make it a little more difficult for people to steal stuff. I make them wait until around the opening bell. Awareness, we're gonna see swings in both directions. You need to understand that when there's an expansion of volatility. Stops a little wider, more awareness stuff. No need to be a hero. Cash is a position, and this can be a spectator sport on certain days. This type of market may not be for everybody. Some traders who may be new to the business don't necessarily want to or need to participate on a day like today. Others love to participate on a day like today. There's something for everybody. Let's move along and go up further, see what else we have even before the opening bell rings. 921, food for thought. Are they going to make a run for the big fat round number below ES4100 and SPY410, give or take? Likely, but they won't make it easy. Either they make a beeline for the thing where they don't let anybody in, or they rally first to make it look like they're not gonna do it, then do it later. We don't know yet, but it's an awareness. Right before the opening bell, remember, 
413.50 is important. We'll just do a couple more, then we're going to go to a chart and review some of this stuff so that we can get the visual of what's going on. 413.46 high against 413.50. If 413.50 is important, or any other number for that matter, it's not necessarily a resistance number or it's not necessarily a support number. From where I sit, an important number is support if price is above and it is resistance if price is below. That's why it's an important number. And then 935, 411.67 is last week's low. If tested, should produce a bounce, spike through and then a snapback. Here's the visual. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Obviously, we already know about 413.50. That was the pivot. You'll see it as the pivot later. The market basically centered around that for the majority of the day. You saw another number on the board. Oh, by the way, before we even get to that, here's the first candle of the day. What's the high? How about 413.46? They fall away again. Now they went back up, but they're giving you the impression, or at least in the initial candle, the initial five-minute candle, that was resistance. That's an important number. So right out of the gate, when they do something like that, they come up a few pennies short. We know it's important, but it's early. They're going to jerk the market around. That's what they do early in the day. They're going to try and shake out as many people, as many traders as they can in both directions. 411.67, that's the lower number. Now, what we said in the notes is that they're going to run a test. If they spike it through, they'll snap back. Did they do that? Yes, they did. What if they spiked it by a lot? How do you know where they're going? 410, you see it peeking through on the left bottom portion of the screen. The low of day was 410.06. So if they're not going to hold 411, what's the next important number? 410. No thy numbers. You had the whole kit and caboodle a few minutes into the trading day, even before. Let's move it along, see what else we've got about stocks on the move. We'll circle back to those later. There's a little teaser for you. Above 413.50, bulls bull. Below 413.50, bears bull. It was that simple. They ended up centering on 413. 9.53. So far, we've got the rescue operation underway. As long as they stay above 413.50, the bulls can run. The gap left open from yesterday is far away, so there's a lot of space in between current price and yesterday's close. How high can they run? At least 414.50 for starters. After that, it's 415.80, give or take. We don't know that they will get there, but those are the areas of overhead resistance should they get there. Top horizontal trend line, 414.50. They never made it to the higher number, but that was, in fact, and slightly higher, overhead resistance. Now, keep in mind, this is 9.53. It was until after 10 o'clock that they went up to that spot, finally turned around, and went all the way to make the low of day. It's not like we knew that was going to happen or anything, but it's handy to know where the overhead resistance is. Moving along, what you can do from here is pause the video, go back to the chart, double-check the work. I think you got the picture of everything that went on in the morning. Then the market basically centered around the same thing for the remainder of the day, not really getting very far. So in the interest of time, what I'm going to do is just scroll up and those who are interested, and if you're active in the market during the trading day, you should be interested in what this stuff has to say. It is helpful if you understand where the important numbers are during the trading day. 
Let's keep keeping on. We'll scroll up. You do your thing. If you want to do your thing, we'll circle back to stocks on the move once we get to the end, which is right around 3 o'clock. Here they are. We had a pretty healthy list today, but because they caught the market, the buy the dip crowd caught the market around the opening bell, some of these stocks didn't have a chance to go further into their numbers, but two of them did, PXD and HBI. The rest weren't trades because they didn't get to their numbers, so we'll only look at the two that did. Pioneer Natural first up, getting a haircut at the opening bell, closed yesterday around 167.49, getting a pretty nice buzz cut, as a matter of fact. The zone was the zone, the numbers are close together, you know that's a zone, can make a case for either number, 154.86, 153.71, they come into the zone, they spike it through, immediately turn around, have a nice little rocket ride in the other direction, 158.76, how you doing? They make a higher low, where? Right at the first number, slightly below, and then take off into the end of the day. Nice trade. Haynes brand, HBI, also getting buzzed at the open. So this thing closed yesterday all the way up at $21.90. 18.73 on the board bright and early. Spike it through by just a little bit. Minutes later, 1940s the high. Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking about an $18, $19 stock, that's better than a base hit. That's a good trade. Early in the morning, especially with what was going on in the market. That was, in fact, support. It's an important number. They went right to it. It was the destination, and that was the end of it. I have to show you this one. Many of you knew that I would. 42.21 was the number for DraftKings. The low of day was what? 42.22. Took off like a bat out of hell. The high in the morning was 45.61 before settling in for the remainder of the day. Missed it by that much. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So this chart is interesting. They spiked through the 100 period moving average, but they fought back to close above it. But that's not all they fought back to close above. Remember we talked about two important pivots. The pivot low at 215.50 and the pivot low at 208.03. Once they give up this one, it opens the door for this one. Give up this one, it opens the door for a lot of other stuff. You think anybody knows about this pivot down here at 215.50? They did fill the gap left open from yesterday, but they didn't close above it. Not to say they won't tomorrow, but they would have to recapture not only the moving averages, but this last breakdown candle high at two and a quarter. 67. They would have to recapture that to get some stuff going back on the upside, and that's not that close. The IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator, as you know. You also know that I'm going to be watching very, very closely where they close the week. I'm not really watching the 20-period moving average as much as I am watching this price here, 217.67. That's my spot. It's not my spot intra-week, it's my spot Friday afternoon. About the VIX, we don't talk about the VIX that much. The VIX is very, very difficult to trade. However, I do want to point out, because I did some work on the VIX, I did the mathematics behind the VIX. So basically, what the math is telling me, that this thing should get to around 26 and a half, give or take, before running into the next major area of overhead resistance. Not to say it can't go higher. If the market's getting creamed, it's going to go higher. But just doing the math, doing the stuff that I normally do, 
with an understanding that the VIX index obviously trades slightly different or a lot different than most everything else, I still came up with 2650, so I wanted to give that to you. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What do we have here? Yesterday we had a tail candle, today we had follow through. So it was down 221 points over 1%. That's follow through, but look what they didn't do. It's interesting. All this is always interesting. It supports the case that I always make on how I view the market. So here's a low of a breakup candle, 15,690.74. What was the closing price today? How about 15,708.35? Any accidents or coincidences? No, absolutely not. They were considerably below that number. However, they didn't close below that number. By the way, here again is the transports, but it's a short-term chart. So this is a 15-minute chart. And we should also note that, now this isn't a huge move off the lows, but what you have here is a market that's eating time off the clock like a lot of others, right? The SPY ate time off the clock all afternoon. So what this is wanting to do is it really wants to come out of this after building energy, eating time off the clock, to run a test of what will tomorrow be the convergence of these moving averages. You have a breakdown candle high here, which also coincides somewhat with that price. So somewhere up in that neighborhood, 15,850, 15,9, 16. Maybe 16 is a little ambitious, but based on how the transports left the chart at the end of the day today, based on the short-term chart, that's what this is telling us. We could wake up to a gap down tomorrow and this'll just get wiped off the table, but that's how they ended the day. Q's also ended the day in a similar formation. On the daily chart, the Q's look very similar to what happened in the IWM. The Q's also went to a spot we talked about the other day. You can go back to a video from whether it was a day or two ago, three days ago, I don't remember, but I certainly do remember saying 320, 319 in the Q's is the spot. They went to that spot, they had a pretty good rally off that spot, and then they filled the gap left open from yesterday. They didn't close above it, not to say they won't do it tomorrow. Really the same conversation that we had with the IWM applies to the Q's. Yeah, the folks out in Silicon Valley. Wasn't this in fact the last area that the Q's broke out from? You can make a case, we could start from here where the gap up happened, or here where the gap is closed, but this general area is the reason we talked about 319. Funny how that works, over and over and over again. Goes back to lazy e-mini trader and all charts act and react the same way. Follow through in the financials. Now we don't know what's gonna happen on Wednesday, but we had follow through in the financials today. Follow through in the transports, follow through in the financials. All these things are puzzle pieces, they're on the table. We need more information. We don't have enough information, different charts, have different looks. Just like this one, Smash Mouth has a look similar to the IWM, similar to the Qs, but look what they did. They closed above the gap left open from yesterday. Under normal garden variety conditions, that's a bullish sign. The Smash Mouth or SMH is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So guess what? This is absolutely a puzzle piece and it's absolutely on the table. And if you just looked at this chart and said, what do you think the cues are gonna do tomorrow based on what this did? Now we don't do that. We don't say because this did this, the other thing's doing the other thing. But if we did that, right, it's a hypothetical. 
we would say the Qs have more upside. If the Qs have more upside, we should expect to see further rally in the other markets. That doesn't mean a recovery. It doesn't mean new highs right away. It just means another day where they're going to snap back from looking into the abyss today from a number of different markets. This is the way the market works. They go back, they go forth. The market is designed to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. I want to point something out that we talk about all the time. We talked about it a number of times today, but I want to point it out on a different chart, an intraday S&P chart. And this goes to all charts act and react the same way. So the things we find on a daily chart apply to the same things we find on a 15-minute chart or a 10-minute or an hourly chart. It doesn't really matter whether you're an intraday trader, a swing trader, a long-term investor. All the same stuff applies, and it's all taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. But here's the thing. So we talk about breakdown candle highs, breakup candle lows. Okay, fair enough. So let's take a look in detail at this 15-minute chart. So you see in the afternoon, the market basically went back and forth, back and forth, no conviction. It was just eating time off the clock, but it was centered around, and it really never gave up for 13.50 other than some tests here and there. What were they testing? Here's the point. There's two breakup candles that were in play today. This one, where the low is 413.21, and you can see they held that. They never closed below it. They threatened it. They never closed below it. Then we have another one down here from earlier in the afternoon. The low is 412.73, and look at this candle down here. They ran a test. The low is 412.66. They got out of there in pretty short order, and guess what? Both breakup candle lows held. Don't tell me there's nothing to this. I know how the market works. Doesn't work every time. Doesn't work all day, every day on all charts. But this works the majority of the time when you employ the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, the market does the same shit 80% of the time. 20% of the time, it does something different. We call that the ugly duck. The 80%, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, generally speaking, it's going to be a duck. 20%, you take the mask off, it's an ugly duck. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.